Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, DJs, I need to tell you about MyBookie.ag. They are the industry's best online sportsbook and casino. And boy, do they have a deal for you. Sign up now using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN. And the fine folks at MyBookie will match you dollar for dollar up to 1,000 smackaroos. That is extra money you can bet on. NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing, and of course... Major League Baseball because baseball is back in full swing. We want you all to hit a grand slam by betting, winning, and getting paid with my boogie. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is Thursday after the Daily Show, which can only mean one thing. We're talking UFC with James and Mason. What's going on, James? I'm going very well, thank you. I mean, last night we had a tremendous night of football, and then today I finally got my graduation certificate, so hopefully... You know, this is a sign of better things to come. McGregor winning this weekend and England winning the Euros. I think only one out of the two will happen, to be honest. <laughs> Mason, how you doing? How you holding up? Yeah, I'm doing great, mate, especially after last night's win. Yeah, you hung over a little bit or are you good? No, I actually didn't drink for last night's game. I'm I'm saving it for Sunday. <laughs> so you're just gonna explode. You're just gonna melt down on Sunday. More than likely. Yeah. Mason, I got a question for you. How good is the educational system in, over there in England? Well, clearly after what we've heard from James, it must be failing at the minute. <laughs> That's it. James finally graduated. With honors? Uh, with honors too? Yeah, yeah. It, it's honestly crazy. I mean, <laughs> I think in terms of my household at home, I'm the first person and will probably be the only person to go to university because my brother, my younger brother was certainly is not interested whatsoever. So to come away and actually graduate is, is just a surprising because growing up in school, I, I, I had aspirations of going to university, but I, I was, I was, bit, I was pretty much a class clown at school. I was always trying to please people and try to make everyone laugh. And then when it came to schoolwork, I just really couldn't be bothered. And I think towards college, I knuckled down a bit more and then managed to get into university. And here we are. So I'm, I'm chuffed to bits right now. And the official ceremony is on the 21st. So I'm looking forward to that. And on the 19th as well, the rules get scrapped. So we get to live our lives. So hopefully on the 21st to get to go to graduation without any sort of queries about COVID and all that can just enjoy the day and spend time with my family and friends. So yeah, I'm thrilled to bits. Well, congratulations, man. It's been a long Thank time. Thank you coming. very much. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three years, three long years. Let me <sighs> tell you. <laughs> Did you have sex with the Dean of the, the uh, school of journalism or no? Is that how you got with it? The who? This, the, the, I don't know. What do you guys call it? It would be the Dean of the school of journalism. Uh, well, well, we call it course leader. I'm guessing that's yeah, what you're right. assuming. Yeah. Uh, no, I can safely say that now because I think my course leader I've got is a bloke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I think I could be wrong. There's loads of course leaders in my um, in journalism. All right, that's enough of that. It's time for us to get to work. I hear. Yeah. I hear. Time there's to some, talk about something interesting. There's some. There's some new fighter up and coming out of Ireland that it's got everybody's attention. It's not Sean O'Malley, is it? Because everyone's claiming he's Irish, <laughs> even though he's not. <laughs> oh. All right. No, no. Grab it, man. Go. Let's do it. Oh, honestly, where to begin? I mean, 
this weekend, I've been looking at the numbers and all the, the statistics so far. I think the main event this weekend between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor could potentially be the biggest pay-per-view card in the history of combat sports. Well, in the history of MMA, not combat sports. You, you do well to surpass all the boxing numbers, but in, in particularly MMA. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to it because we've seen seven years ago when they first fought Connor obliterated him. Even though, you know, it was it took a while for both to get into the fight. Ultimately McGregor clipped him and put him away. And then here we are, twenty twenty one, January, they took the rematch in Abu Dhabi Fight Island and Dustin Poirier came out on top and it, it, it just it sort of epitomizes the, the rise of Dustin Poirier. I mean, from that defeat to Connor McGregor, I think it sort of lit a fire under his belly he decided to move up to 155 which I think is his natural weight class because going down to 145 with his shape I mean you look at him now I mean how did he ever get to 145 the bloke is huge for a lightweight so he got on a good run uh, fought for the title now here we are I think he's personally he is the uncrowned lightweight champion of the division because I think there's nobody better than Dustin Poirier in this lightweight division I mean he hasn't fought Charles Oliveira yet. I think if he gets through this weekend, he will almost certainly or definitely be fighting for the title next. And I presume it'll be by the end of the year. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to whoever faces the title shot next. And this weekend, when you break it down, Poirier's won six of his last seven fights. Obviously, as I alluded to earlier, he's coming off of that win over McGregor. And there's just so many keys to victory for Poirier in this one. He's built himself up to be one of the top strikers in the division. Uh, as he lands those violent hooks with uh, one-punch knockout potential and likes to mix in with those leg kicks as well, which we saw pay dividends in the last fight. He's extremely polished on the feet with a big boxing background and he's a very tricky southpaw stance because obviously he started off as a boxer and now here we are. He's a black belt on BJJ, but he's got a couple of... um, submissions under his belt but he doesn't tend to go for the the submission you know if he can get it he'll obviously go for it but he's not that's not his game plan you know his, his game plan is not to go out there and submit someone it's always out there to trade and bang on their feet so I think we'll predominantly see a stand-up battle this weekend with McGregor obviously he split his last six fights and he's coming off that loss to Poirier He's one of the toughest fighters in the sport, you know, as he has a tough chin and he has that relentless striking game that allows him to trade and stand with no issue. I think the problem is in his last fight, it, it looked like he was preparing for Manny Pacquiao because we saw going into the fight, he just had that boxing stance and it just wasn't McGregor whatsoever. And I know I'm a McGregor fan, so it's biased and I'm throwing out all of these excuses to sort of come to McGregor's defence. But you can tell he wasn't himself. And from the looks of it, I think he's ditched those um, the boxing partners he's had at, at the Crumlin gym. I saw a recent picture with his team. They've gone. So he's resorted and reverted back to those traditional mixed martial arts ways. And I'm thoroughly, I'm all for it. And, this week is reminiscent of uh, Nate Diaz too because there's so much on the line for Conor McGregor. I mean, it, it takes some real cojones to get back in there with Dustin Poirier. And if he doesn't get the job done this weekend, Conor McGregor, that could be it for him. There's literally no other fighter out there for him apart from Nate Diaz. That sort of appeases the appetite of MMA fans because there's there's so much risk. You know, you stick him in with Tony Ferguson, that's a risk as well. So he has to get the job done this weekend. He's an athletic fighter who can be very dangerous with those kicks, and he does a good, you know, he does above average job of defending takedowns. And obviously, he's not comfortable on the canvas as you'd like, but 
he can defend and, you know, on the feet, he's just exceptional. I mean, that distant management is just second to none. I think the key to McGregor, the key to victory for McGregor this weekend is to try and get Poirier backed up against the fence and on the back foot because if he's playing into Poirier's hands, that's when he'll shine. And I think he's got 10 minutes to knock him out, McGregor. So I think he's got to back Poirier up against the fence early, mix in those leg kicks and just, just counter him. I think he's got to be very cautious in his approach. And from a betting standpoint, <clears throat> obviously Poirier is a safer bet here as he just looked sharper at this point and was in control of the last bout. However, I do say he was in control of the last bout and McGregor didn't look great. Poirier you know, did get um, hit on a couple of times and every time you watch Dustin Poirier, he gets hit. You know, it's, there's, there's no secret and eventually he will get put away if McGregor can land those soft, sweet spots. So we'll have to wait and see what, what he's at. But as I said, the safe bet, safe bet here is Dustin Poirier. As a McGregor fan, this is the bias. I'm going for Conor McGregor in the second round. I just think... It depends where he's at. I'm, I'm sick and tired of people hearing, oh, this is the best Conor McGregor we've ever seen. Well, we need to improve it. But I genuinely think he's made the correct adjustments. And if he has done that, I think he's the better fighter on his day. So Conor McGregor via second round TK for me. Hmm. Mason, what about you? Well, I was speaking to James about it earlier on the podcast and I was saying we've heard for the past four or five camps off Conor's team that this has been the best camp of his life. And they keep saying that. And then after... The story's always, oh, it was a half camp. They didn't train as much as they should have. But if this really is the best camp of his life, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't get the win. But I don't I don't think there's going to be a finish in this one. I think both guys are going to be too cautious. I think they're going to go for it, but I don't think they're going to finish each other. And I think, I think like James said, if Connor's going to knock him out, it's, it's got to be the first 10, 10 minutes or something in mm-hmm. around that time frame. But... I think I do see it going the full 25 and it's probably me being a biased fan, but I'm going for a Connor by a decision on this one. Connor by decision. All right. So Connor's plus 115. He opened as a pretty nice favorite, you know, minus 150, minus 140. And now he's plus 115. Poirier, you know, obviously flip flopped. He was the dog at, at open. Now he's the favorite in the fight. Yeah, might be so. Yeah, I think Dustin Poirier is the bet here. I'm going to bet Dustin Poirier to win minus the 130. I'm I'm not overly concerned about laying that for Poirier to mm. win. Gun to my <laughs> head, I'd say TKO, and let's say TKO in the second. I want to talk about mm. I want to talk about the rumors too. We got our bets in. You guys are mm-hmm. going to lose that one. I've I've got the win. Uh, <laughs> but did you see the uh, the picture that kickstarted all the the staff infection rumors? Yeah, I'll put, I mean, put it up on screen so you can see it. Maybe I'll make it a little bit bigger. See, so we yeah, let's zoom in a little. Ah, I can't really zoom in, but there's that little weird like boil or something or mm-hmm. wound on his elbow. I don't know if you can see that. But that started the rumors that Connor's having a sta- he has a staff infection, and that's that's not going to be good for business. What do you make of no, that? No, no, no. I mean, you look at the Sean O'Malley versus Louis Smoker fight. Louis Smoker pulled out because he had a staff infection. Now, if it was a a serious bad staff infection, then I think McGregor might have pulled out by now. And I think, you know, if he's confident in himself, you know, it's fine. He's willing to continue and give it 110%, then then so be it. I believe him. So we'll have to see come fight night. But say if he does lose, you know, he's very humble in victory or defeat. He may come back to the staff or the alleged staff infection in inverted commas and then mm-hmm. say he'll blame it on that. But it is concerning. But I think it was if it was that serious, he probably would have pulled out by now. But that's just not in McGregor's game to pull out of a fight. So we'll have to wait and see come fight night. Yeah, Mason, you got any feel for that? Uh, 
James pretty much said everything. I had the I had the same thoughts as James on that one. I guess we'll just have to see come fight night if it yeah. affects him or not. Success for an athlete, somebody once said, and I think this is perfect for McGregor, is talent minus distraction. Hmm. And I think that fits McGregor to a T. <laughs> Very talented, but he does have a tendency to get distracted. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, I mean, wouldn't you? If you've got all that money, all those businesses, that you know, you can be very easily distracted, and that's probably why we haven't seen him as frequently and as often as we wanted to. Right. Because he's got all those businesses, he doesn't need to fight again. But yeah. you've got to give his character some sort of credit because he's he's willing to go out there on a daily basis yeah. and put in that graft again. And here we are in yeah. that trilogy. Like he could have rode off into the sunset, not fought again and spare the humiliation, but he's here again. Got to give him his respect. Yeah, no doubt. And UFC, maybe more than almost, maybe boxing, you know, but it, you've really got to work. <laughs> the the oh, training 100%. is just insane. Just insane. 100%. To get that. Yeah, you see the videos of the fight counts. It's ridiculous yeah. what they go through. It is. I, I don't know why any sane person would do it, period. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving no. on. Let's, let's, get, let's get the rest of these fights in. James, what, what's up next for you? Uh, I've got the co-main event between Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson, and I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. I think it, it really is a tough one to call on paper because you've you've seen recent uh, Leon Edwards' recent performance against Nate Diaz, and there's talk of him getting the title shot. There's talk of Kobe Covington getting the fight uh, title shot, and you've got Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson also in contention for a title shot. So the weight division is looking very interesting right now, and. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. You look at Gilbert Burns has won 10 out of his last 14 fights. He's coming off of that loss to Kamaru Usman, I think. Obviously, he rocked him in the first. Uh, I think if Burns composed himself a bit more, then maybe he would have got the job done. But I don't see anyone beating Kamaru Usman anytime soon. When you look at Gilbert, he's got a decorated uh, grappling background with plenty of experience in wrestling. He's a second-degree uh, black belt on BJJ, and he's very quick and slick to, to find the submission once he gets a hold of you and, and once he gets to you to the canvas. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to the return of Gilbert Burns this one because he has that sort of come-forward type style, and he doesn't look as uncomfortable standing up as you know guys with his background do because you look at BJJ guys, they're very sort of one-sided and they sort of tend towards their grappling because it's their bread and butter, whereas with... Gilbert Burns, you know, he's, he's comfortable on his feet. He's got a couple of nice knockdowns and knockouts under his belt. But I think that the play here for this weekend is to try and get the fight to the floor because Stephen Thompson is a highly decorated uh, striker. And he's coming off of that win over uh, Jeff Neal in December. And I, I'm a big fan of Stephen Thompson. I mean, he's just such a well-conditioned striker. He's very polished defensively. He'll burst forward when he knows the shots are there. He won't be on the, the back foot as much as he'd like. And he's, he's only been finished once in his career. He's got a deep kickboxing background. And he just tends to follow those shots up, well, those kicks up with some nice clean shots to the head that often turn the fight. He's also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu himself. But we never really see that come into fruition, you know, we tend to see his uh, striking and karate stance pay dividends and come up clutch. And I can see why Thompson's the, I think uh, throughout the week, I've seen Thompson being the favorite and I can see why he's just more of a sen uh, fundamentally sound fighter. He's got the longer reach. He's got a really good takedown defense to counter burn. So it'd be tough for Gilbert to take him down. But if Gilbert can get him to the floor and frustrate him for 15 minutes, then maybe Gilbert will get the decision. But I personally think there's a good value in Stephen Thompson here, so I'm going to go for a Thompson by decision. Mason, what about you? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. I, I think if if it can stay on the feet and Stephen can win the striking exchanges and keep him at range, 
I don't see why he can't get the win. But if it goes to the ground, I've got no doubt that Gilbert Burns will get the win. But I do see it going the full 15. And I do see Stephen Thompson being able to control the striking exchanges and keep the distance and the range and ha- have the fight how he wants it. And for that reason, I'm going to go for a Stephen Thompson decision as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like the decision here too. That's the way I'm leaning for Stephen Thompson. But I think even at the minus 153, I think you can bet that. I I, I I think you're okay. I, I think you can lay that much money because I do think Steven Thompson's going to win the fight. And yeah, I I, 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 mean, I look at his takedown defense. I'm not that worried about Gilbert Burns taking him taking him down. So Steven Thompson, that's the play. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Mason, what have you got up next? Well, next up for me, I've got Taito Ivasa versus Greg Hardy. And apart from the two fights we've just spoke about, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most just because, as everyone knows, I love watching the heavyweight guys fight. And this is one where... I just think it could it could end in a knockout any second. Just the power that these guys possess. Obviously, Greg Greg Hardy come over from the NFL, I believe, and he's he's coming. He's done he's done well. To be fair, I've seen a lot of people slate him, but to come to a brand new sport and be successful as such in it so far, you can't really say anything bad about Greg Hardy. But tied to Vasa, he's a he's different animal since being re-signed to fight Stefan Struve. Back in January, I believe. I think he, he's he's just another animal now. I think whoever lands first is going to win the fight, and I think it's going to be done in the first round. And like I've just said, whoever lands first is going to get it done. But I'm going to say tie to Ivasa by a first round knockout. All right, James. What about you? Yeah, I'm in total agreement here. I think this is going to be an absolute. This has got all the ingredients of becoming a, of being a sensational bout because two heavyweights are, who are there to knock out and just sort of swing for the bleachers. I'm all for it to be honest. I love seeing these sort of heavyweight scraps who just want to knock the living daylights out of each other. But Taito Ivasa, he's um, coming off a back to back. KO victories. I think we last saw him in March over with that sensational win over Harry Hunsucker. So it'll be interesting to see where he's at because coming to the UFC, I believe he was undefeated and everyone was talking about how he'd be the next big heavyweight. And as soon as he started to face the top contenders, he sort of 
he's just sort of lost out of place in a way. And I think now he's just sort of sort of reviving his career and working back up the rankings. And with Taito Ivasa, you look at him, he's a big, 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 big heavyweight. And he's very athletic for, for, his, for a guy of his size. It's just ridiculous. He's a very powerful striker with the heavy hands and violent elbows. And he'll do a lot of damage in the clinch. He tends to throw in a leg kick every now and then. And he closes the distance very well. And as I said, he's very effective in the clinch. He's produced so many highlight real knockouts. I think 10 out of his 11 professional career wins have come via a form of knockout. So there's no secret with Taito Vaz inside the octagon. Whereas with Greg Hardy... I don't know. He's coming off of that uh, loss uh, a couple of months ago against Marcin Tibera, I believe, at the top of my head. So, again, with Greg Hardy, it's a tough one. Obviously, he's an impressive athlete and there's a clear power on those hands that gives him the punch, punches chance against anybody. And he's made strides since turning pro. I think it was like two, three years ago. He's gotten his conditioning up since uh, when he first started because I believe so many people were, were complaining about how he just didn't have the conditioning to sort of last the 4.15 or potentially the 4.25. So I think from then on in, he's become more versatile with his striking. He tends to mix in those knees and kicks well with those strong, heavy overhands. And he's still got to improve in the clinch and show some sort of ground game if it ever gets taken down there this weekend. I think the clinch work of Taito Ivas is going to pay dividends this weekend. I think it's going to be very tough for Greg Hardy, especially in the clinch. And maybe if they come out of the clinch, I think Taito Ivas will be there to counter and land an absolute bomb. So I'm probably going to go for a Taito Ivas by first round uh, knockout. Knockout. Gotcha. Gotcha. In. Ah, man, you know, I think all the value personally for me is on Greg Hardy. He's plus 116, so he's not that big of an underdog. This looks to be a pretty close fight. I'm just looking at the stats here. It looks like Greg Hardy's got the height. He's got the reach. Uh, You know, he's a little bit older. Maybe that's a concern. I don't know. But, I mean, these guys are mirror images of each other when you look at their accuracy, when you look at how many strikes they absorb. This is just like, (laughs) it's going to like shadow boxing here. It's really interesting. I do think the value is on Greg Hardy. So for me, I'm going to bet Greg Hardy plus the 116 eh, probably wins by TKO. These guys don't go deep. Neither one of them. No. And, you know, Ty Tuvasa has, is on a two-game or two-fight winning streak. But one of those against was against uh, Struve, the human, <laughs> the human punching bag. So I, I don't know. I don't know about that. All right. James, what have you got up next? Uh, the next fight, I believe, I've got is Sean O'Malley versus Chris Martino and... I'm just blessed that we've still got Sugar Sean O'Malley on the, the fight card because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Sean O'Malley and originally it was supposed to be him versus Louis Smoker and unfortunately Smoker pulled out and on 10 days notice Chris Martino stepped in and to step in against Sean O'Malley uh, on 10 days notice all I've got to say to Chris is it's your funeral mate because you will probably get torn apart Every time Sean O'Malley steps into the octagon, he just is so unpredictable. He's just unbelievable. He produces so many highlight real knockouts. And for a bantamweight, he's just such a lengthy athlete with a great kickboxing background. He's unpredictable. And he'll throw anything at any moment and has some of the cleanest boxing in the division. And with his creativity, length, power, I think few are going to be able to stand up and trade with O'Malley and actually succeed. He's got a purple belt on jiu-jitsu and he's got a deep background in grappling. So he's far from a one-trip pony, as you call, um, as some people call it. And at 26 years of age, I think O'Malley has become probably one of the most watched fighter fighters in the UFC today, really. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to him. Whereas Chris Martino, obviously not, not many people know a lot about him because this is, he'll be making his UFC debut and... Obviously, he was, he was a bit uh, underwhelming in other promotions. I think his last fight was in the Cage Free Championships. 
And as I said, he'll be making his debut here. He, he's coming off of that win over Andrew Salas back in May. But again, this is the UFC. It's a different kettle of fish. So I'll be interested to see what Martinez head is at. And I think when you look at his skill set, you know, he's no K striker, but I think he lacks the ability to to have those like legit back pops in the, in his hands and has questionable hand speed. So I think if O'Malley lands clean, he will knock him out because Martino also lacks a head movement and just has such a weird stance that can just get chewed up by any good striker. So I think Martino's best work probably appears to be in the clinch really or on the canvas and his gas tank has sort of allowed him to go the decision. But I think if O'Malley puts pressure on early, he will get the job done in convincing fashion. So fashion. So I'm going to go for a no money by first round TKO. What about you, Mason? Yeah, I totally agree. I just don't know enough about Chris to be able to give too much of an opinion. And I think with it being 10 days notice, no matter who it would have been, whether it would have been Tim Elliott, Ricky Simone, just a couple of guys that were throwing their name into that, I would say the same result because preparing for someone like Sean O'Malley with just 10 days to prepare, you should you shouldn't do that, and I think I'll keep it short. But I think uh, Sean O'Malley will get the first round knockout. Oh yeah, got you in, man. It's uh, Sean O'Malley's minus nine hundred change, minus nine oh eight. Yeah, it's it looks to be an absolute bloodbath massacre. A little too chalky for me to bet on. So I mean, he is going to win. Sean O'Malley's going to win a TKO for Sean O'Malley is minus two seventy five. So that's a little bit more. That's a little bit more palpable there. So, yeah, maybe that and maybe Sean O'Malley to win in the first round. And, you know, it's minus 138. So maybe maybe you want to look there because there's not a lot of value in betting minus 900. <laughs> All right, Mason, what have you got for me? Uh, I've got Michelle Pereira and Nico Price. And I'll tell you what, this is the one on the prelims that I'm really looking forward to just because both guys are really unpredictable in the cage. It wouldn't surprise me if we see some sort of bat flip or anything up. Pereira in, in that cage come Saturday night. And I think it's, it's I, I predicted this to be fight one of, if not the fight of the night, just because of the, just because we can expect, expect the unexpected pretty much from both guys. And I, I don't know who's going to win. I think it's going to be very close or it's either going to, it's either going to be very close or someone's just going to run away with it. I don't think it's going to be, too 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 one-sided if it's one-sided it's going to be fully one-sided but i'm saying michelle Pereira via decision just because i think he's going to be able to confuse nico price a bit with what he does in the cage and bring out the unexpected just so nico price doesn't know how to handle it just as much i'm sure he's been preparing for him but i think michelle Pereira is going to bring out something new at the weekend and get the decision one all right james you on this one yeah, this this is a very good fight on paper. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this prelim bout. I think when he made his UFC debut, Michelle Pereira sort of struggled to maintain some form of momentum and dropping a couple of decisions and getting disqualified against Diego Sanchez. So to come back against Nico Price after a recent, you know, good performance or so, it'll be interesting to see where he's at because Nico Price is no walkover. Although I do think Michelle Pereira will win this weekend. I just think he's he's very quick on his feet. He refuses to stay in the pocket. And I just think as long as he's got the composure, he's got the necessary tools to sort of neutralize and punish Nico Price's sort of free swinging offense. Because I think with Nico Price, he does get a bit sluggish at times. He sort of, sort of tends to throw for the bleachers. And even if he does try and turn it into a, an absolute slugfest, whereby he's just constantly landing blows, it won't put Michel Pereira away because he's got such a good chin. 
And I just think in the end, Michel Pereira will use that speed and that technique and the striking game to his advantage and probably manage to put him away. So I'm going to go for Pereira via second round TKO in this one. Mm. Are you going to bet this one? You just kind of lean Yeah, out. yeah, I'll bet this one. Oh, nice. I like I'm not really on this one. This looks to be too close to call, if you ask me. I mean, uh, Pereira is minus 158 and Price is plus 137. So Pereira is the favorite. But uh, yeah, man, it's a little too tight for me. So I'm just going to, I'll lean Pereira here in this one, but I don't want a piece of it. All right, James, do you have any other fights? I think that's all for me. It's on my head. Okay. Mason, what about you? I know, I'm sure you've got a fair few. I got a couple. That, that, that was it for me, Arch. No one's going with the Irene Aladana fight? No. Okay. So let's see what I've got here then. I want to look at Drissus Duplass versus Trevin Giles. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think uh, it's going to be Trevin Giles tonight. He's minus 100 and Duplessis is minus 114. Very close fight, but I like the way the line's shifting. I do think I have to give Duplessis the nod, so I'm going to bet Duplessis minus 114 to take care of business. Anybody? M- James? Yeah, I think Duplessis will win by decision. I just think Duplessis will win those striking exchanges and they'll be able to, to bust up Trevin Giles' leg and just sort of you know, take control of proceedings. I think he will be cautious in this approach to Plessis. So I think he'll definitely want to get the job done this weekend. So I'm, I'm going, I'm betting the Plessis by decision there on this one. All right. I, I'd i personally bet Duplessis via a third round TKO on this one. Mm, okay. You guys both agree with me. Wow. I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked. <was> first. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, get Don't get used to it. All right. Another one I want to look at is Brad Tavares versus Omar Akhmadov. I think, oh, Omari, oh, excuse me. Omari's a bit of an underdog, plus 143, but I think he's got a shot. I think looking at these stats, looking at the line, I, I really think Omari's got a real chance to win this one. So I'm going to jump on him, plus 143 to win the fight. James, let's do it. Two for two. Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement there. Really? Yeah, I think Omadov will win this one. Um, well, you did go for Akhmedov. It's Omadov, so I've just zoned out then. Did you go for Akhmedov by decision? Uh, you know, I'll lean decision, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. I mean, he's he's got all the value. He's a plus 143 fighter, so you don't even have to pick a side necessarily. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Brad Tavares, I think he's the sort of fighter that Tavares tends to thrive against when it comes to Akhmedov and his style but I think it will be a tough one when you look at Savaras his rock solid takedown defense and his strong striking fundamentals will allow him to shut Akhmedov's grinding attack and pick him apart on the feet down um, I don't know I tend to over I'm oh, sorry over I tend to underestimate Akhmedov I just think over the last couple of performances he hasn't done well but I think he will, I think, oh, I don't know. I think Tavares, like I said, will do well in terms of his cardio. It would last the 4.15. I just think Akhmedov's pressure on the mat will just be relentless. I think he will be able to take him down to the floor and eventually try and not get the decision, uh, not get a submission, but ultimately outpoint him. So I'm going to go for a, an Akhmedov by decision. I just think on the feet, it will be tough because Tavares will chop away with those kicks and will look to counter at all costs. But I think if the fight goes to the floor, I think uh, Akhmedov has got this one in the bag. All right. Mason, you jumping on board? Um, I can't say I'm going to agree with you guys here. I've got, <laughs> I've got Tavares via a decision. I think the leg kicks and his counter punches are going to be able to get him the decision win on this one. Oh, so you're betting this one? Yeah, I'll bet Tavares' All right. decision. All right. All right, uh, two more fights I want to look at. Uh, next one is Jerome Riviera versus Zag- Zahaglis. I don't know, double Z. We'll call him double Z. Double Z, <laughs> double Z for the British people. Uh, I think J- Jerome Riviera is a really big underdog, plus 268. 
I think there's enough chance. I think he's got a, enough of a chance to warrant a bet at plus, plus 268 to take down double Z here. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet Jerome. Uh, I mean, <laughs> when you look at both men, they're on a terrible run of form. I think Jerome Rivera is on a three-fight losing streak, whereas you've got Zaglas is on a two-fight losing streak. And to be fair, those two defeats for Zaglas were tough, but... I, I don't know. I'm probably going to lean towards Zaglas on this one. I, I'm not overly fond of this fight. I think Rivera's only potential to sort of get the job done is to try and get on top control and dominate for the full 15 minutes. But I think with Zuglov's overall skill set, I think he'll have enough to get the job done. I'm going for a, a Zaglas via first one TKO. Why not? Ooh, you're going to bet that one. Yep. All right. Mason, come on. There's some value here. You're the wild man. Arch, don't do this to me. <laughs> the betting one, I'll, I'll bet Jerome Rivera a decision, but I'll, um, I think it will be Zaglas getting the win. But I'll bet Jerome for a decision. I just don't see Zaglas being that much, uh, you know, that better of a fighter that he warrants a minus three thirty five line. Mm-hmm. Is he that? Is yeah. he really that I mean, much better? It, 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 it's concerning that he's that big of a favorite going into this. But I will give you that something smells something's off so i wanted to just it's a lottery ticket i know but you know i, I won the championship fight so I, i've got a little bit of money to play with yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> all right one more fight uh alan emedovsky versus yep. who yazong who Yazong. uh who who's gonna win the fight I hey like. see what you did there Comedy no routine. pun intended yeah, that's right. just poor i'm just gonna sit back and uh, let that sink in for a sec <laughs> But uh, I'm betting, on, I'm so betting cool. on who he's who is plus one fifteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got to stop these fights. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, th- th- I think this has got all the ingredients for an absolute domination on Allen's part. It's just mm. you look at whose record he's three and two, and he began his career as a heavyweight, and he's dropped back down now to middleweight. I believe at the top of my head. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably leaning towards Alan Amadovsky on this one because he's probably got that. The, the better names under his belt and he's got he's more experience and he's managed to sort of come away with some impressive wins and like I said I'm probably going to bet towards Amadovsky on this one but I, I genuinely don't know I think Yazong's striking defence has looked poor over the last couple of fights and admittedly Yazong is still only 26 uh, 26 sorry and he fights under Tiger Muay Thai I believe so They've got potential to improve him as a striker and as a wrestler, but I think going forward in this fight, in particular, I think Amadovsky knocks him out via first round TK. All right, you're betting that one. Mm-hmm. All right, Mason, come on. I'm giving you all these value shots. You're not taking them. I can't on this one. I've oh, got to no. go. With, I've, I've got to go with Allen and getting the second round TKO just because I don't see how Yuzong's going to be able to have a good fight with Alan, especially with Yuzong being out since 2018 as well. I'm not the biggest believer in ring rust, but that that is a pretty hefty layoff, and I'm going Alan's second round TKO arch. Sorry to disappoint. <sighs> gotcha. Gotcha in. All right. It's been <laughs> fun to see. We disagreed on a few fights here. One, two, three, right? Four. Four fights we disagreed on. Holy cow. <laughs> Somebody's making some money this weekend. I wonder who it will be. <laughs> Let's wait and see. All right, James, you're an educated man now. Why don't you give us some final thoughts? Final thoughts on what the, this weekend's card yeah, whatever, in general? Whatever, or, we're wrapping the show up. Yeah, no, I mean, this weekend, like I said, it's got all the ingredients to become or to be one of the biggest events in MMA history. So I think 
if that doesn't motivate you to to purchase a pay-per-view or watch the fight, then I don't know what will because there's a lot at stake on the line for McGregor and for Dustin Poirier. There's a chance to fight for the title next. So I think you've, you've got to tune in. And I think with regards to the rest of the card, there's some solid fights on there, some very entertaining main card and even a couple of uh, prelim fights that have gone under the radar. So I know for a lot of these Americans they tend to complain with regards to the pay-per-view buys and how much it costs and all that. But you're, you're, you're getting your money's worth this weekend, I think, because all of the fights this weekend are going to be entertaining. So tune in because this will be, this will be part of MMA history. This will go down as one of the biggest events in the history of the sport. So for that reason, you have to tune in. All right. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. All right, Mason. Yeah. Same as James, make sure you buy the pay-per-view and, it, it's a, it's going to be a good weekend of sports with football coming home on the Sunday and McGregor winning on the Saturday. There you go. There you go. You hinted at it. Do you want to talk about it right now real quick? Let's get it. You want to do it? England versus Italy? Yeah, I, I can do. Let's do it. Fire away. Who's going to win? In, in England 1-0. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't want to get too ahead of myself just yet because we're still celebrating from last night and I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with the England team, to be fair, because I know we haven't got to that many semi-finals in our last uh, fair few years or so in the past couple of decades. But when we do get to the semi-final, we tend to bottle it. And last night showed that this is a new team. This is a new era. And I mean, we went 1-0 down thanks to a, a sensational free kick by the Danish player. I think it was Damsgaard who's got the potential to go all the way to the top. So, you know, hold hand up and it was a great strike. But... Most England teams, when they went 1-0 down in the semi-final, they would have flopped. But this team showed great character and determination to to get the game level and go for the win. And I think from the 60th minute onwards, you could tell that the game was ours because the, the Danes started to tire a bit. They're making defensive substitutions. So you could tell they were going and playing fresh time and then playing for penalties because Kasper Schmeichel was obviously a fantastic... He's one of the, the Premier League's best keepers in the in the in the in the league, so he's capable of saving the penalty or two, and obviously he'll probably be their hero if it did go to penalties. And ultimately, we didn't need penalties in the end; we got it done in extra time. I thought my heart was in my mouth when Harry Kane's penalty was saved. Obviously, he tucked away the rebound because if he missed it and ultimately didn't get the rebound, I thought it's just one of those games where it's not going to happen for us. But thankfully, we're in the final, and I think it was nice to see the celebration after the after the game just to see the players celebrating with the fans again but I think now obviously this is a new day you've got to get your head screwed on and prepare for the final because Italy are no walkover on their day they're a very they're an accomplished team and they're just so strong and stable at the back even though they've got a couple of their defenders out injured they're still solid and Mancini's just adopted a phenomenal approach he's like 33 games unbeaten with Italy so it will be tough to break him down I think in the, the key battle for me this weekend is going to be the midfield. You've got Jorginho, Barella and Marco Verratti who have been insane this season and this tournament for Italy versus Rice and Phillips who are going to have a real tough test. And the wingers are also going to be a big factor because Spignazzola for Italy was taken off in their quarterfinal against... Um, uh, quarterfinal, I can't remember who it was against, but he got taken off injured and he will miss the whole tournament for the rest of the tournament and that, that's a huge blow I mean on his day he was probably one of the players of the tournament so it's good to see that he's out from an England perspective so I think Raheem Sterling and maybe Bukayo Saka have got a, to, to sort of get in uh, Emerson and their right back early because if we can do that and break their defence 
we won't have any problem whatsoever. I'm not really fearful of the Italians' attack. I'm not a big fan of Immobile. Kyle Walker and Luke Shaw will have a field day personally against Chiesa and Insigne. So with that being said, just because of how good the Italians are at the back, I think it will go to extra time. And to be honest, I can see it going to penalties because it really will be tough to, to break Italy down. Give me the give me the prediction. England extra time. England penalties. Let's lock England it in. England on penalties, mate. England on penalties. Oh, on okay. penalties. Oh, <laughs> it, it really will be a nail biter because I hate. And this is coming from a guy who despises a penalty shootout. So I just, I just, if we win it in normal time, obviously I'll be over the moon because we won a tournament against the Italians at night. But they did show holes in their game on Tuesday. But then again, last night so did we. You know, we were so just unorganised for the first half at the back and. Uh, Probably sure the Italians look to exploit that, but what filled me with confidence, I think Gareth Southgate and Harry Kane was just talking about how they've been preparing for Italy. They know their game, they know their strength, and they know their weaknesses. So, who knows? Maybe football might be coming home in 90 minutes, but I'm saying football will be coming home after 10 minutes. All right, Mason, when's the football <laughs> coming home? After 90 minutes, 1 0. 1 0. Gotcha. I want to lock Women that in. For 90 minutes. I like it. All right. England in 90 minutes. England in penalties. Everybody says England's going to win. There it is. All right, James Mason, always fun. Why don't you go away, guys? Take care, mate. Take care, man. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.